Hello, my name is Anne Duggan. I've been interested in the housing and care of aging people since my childhood. My several careers were different in scope, but similar in the belief that aging is a natural process. Applying the philosophy of person-centered care will create a safe, socially connected, and comforting environment for healthy aging. This podcast is where I have conversations with my friend Ria about our life stories, some practical knowledge about aging, and some thoughts on caregiving relationships. Hello and welcome. My name is Jie Zhang, Anne's friend. I am a professor of service management and a lifelong student of service design and delivery for aging people. And this is our conversation. In this episode, Anne and I discussed how to connect with elders who wandered due to dementia. A caring person, either a caregiver or a community member, can be a therapeutic tool to help the elder return to a safe, warm, and comfortable place. Detecting their physical needs and their feelings could complement technological solutions in preventing wandering. Good afternoon, Anne. Hello. How are you today? I am very well today. It's a good day today. Mm-hmm. Today is the first time that Anne and I were able to meet in the same room and record in person. So that's quite exciting. It's a very exciting day. <laughs> Makes it much more interesting. Mm-hmm, for sure. So, Anne, today I do have another question for you. I have heard on the news, you know, sometimes there are large-scale searches for seniors who have some kind of cognitive impairment, and they wandered off, and people had to search for them, and it just breaks my heart to think about how confused and lost they must be. So can you shed some light on what that phenomenon is and what caregivers can do to help the person living with that uh, dementia or cognitive impairment? Wandering is very complicated. We don't know exactly what's going on, but it's quite easy once we have experience with dementing people to realize that there are certain things that seem to trigger them to start to move about and quite often with rather an agitated look on their face or just a sense that they're not uh, comfortable. And we will see them start to walk. Now, some people are very determined and very precise in where they're going to walk and where they have in their mind to go. Other people, it's just, sometimes it's just more movement, but it gives quite a responsibility on the caregiver to try to detect what it is this person is seeking. Sometimes it's perfectly safe to walk and we know that many facilities have things called walking paths and so on and that is one way to help uh, the client burn off that energy and walk on a path but for me that's always been a very lonely way uh, for the client to experience that and so I try to think about 
what could possibly be something that they're searching for because the commonality to all of this is that a wandering person may be identified as wandering because it's a common term but to me they're actually looking for something very precisely either they're moving away from pain there may be pain in their body and they don't understand that they want to be free of it it may be temperature it may be light maybe noise it could be any number of things that's making them move away Sometimes they want to go out and they will continue to say things like, it's time to go home, I have to go home, or my mother's waiting for me, or something like that. And that gives us a real job to do, to work with this person, not by questioning them, but whenever possible, just to walk with them and make sure they're safe and use up some energy by walking. If possible, outside is always a good idea. Fresh air and walking is, is really helpful. If they are actually on a journey, uh, and many people we know have around our cities and certainly in the rural areas of BC, the numbers are astonishingly high for people who have actually wandered off off rural roads or, or even worse, driven, because it's the same action, just different form, um, driven into a, a long gravel road somewhere that doesn't take them anywhere and they get lost. So we're very familiar with the tragedies of this now, and it's time that we started to make sure that we're all using the proper and most current technology without imposing on a person's dignity or privacy, but to track them in some way or another, or to let us know if it's at a home situation. A family can be aware right away if someone has just gone out a door because we need to get in touch with the local security company and have all the doors alarmed. And also in the sleeping situation, if a well, person is getting up in the night and their caregiver is trying to get some sleep, then somebody has to be alerted either by a motion sensor that turns a bright light on or signals in some way. So there are many, many things in this day and age that we can use to be aware of what's happening so that we can, first of all, put the safety of the client as our first responsibility. But the next thing to me is to try to figure out what this person is actually wanting. Mm. And they, they're they not walking aimlessly. And we know that. I use my mother as an example because I always use her as a textbook example of <laughs> everything that could be done with an Alzheimer person because she did them all. And she frequently left wherever she was, living in a care home, got out one way or another, and um, went huge distances. At that time, she was living in Vancouver, and she could walk right across the city in the middle of the night with no trouble at all. But when we always did find her, because my brother and I were always on patrol at that time looking for her with the police, um, she always said the same thing. When we asked her why she had to walk, it was because she had to find a job because she had to feed the children. So that was her theme. There are many themes. It, it, but everyone that's walking in that kind of way probably has something that's making them do that. 
And so once again, as caregivers to be effective, we just have to try to detect something that's going on and redirect that person, um, get them to warmth and safety and comfort, whatever they need to help us with that, and then watch for the next time that happens because probably a pattern will develop and that same behavior will be repeated. And so we need to be watching that to prevent the loss or injury or just real angst for our clients because it makes them terribly frightened and anxious. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. And oftentimes people think about the safety first, but perhaps it's not as obvious is the one word that you used at the beginning was lonely. I like what you also said, the detective, to to detect what's going on. A lot of it is is about observation, is to walk alongside, as you mm-hmm. said, to mm-hmm. be able to have a conversation mm-hmm. about what's going on. Maybe not necessarily asking them a lot That's of questions. Right. Yeah. How do you actually get them comfortable and get them open up to you? Because I remember in the past you mentioned that the person living with dementia may not have the words, the verbal capability to tell you what's going on. No, they can't tell you precisely what it is. So there were some assumptions overall that we can make if they're saying, I want to go home or I want to see my mother. My mother might have been dead for 20 years, but it's something that they remember somewhere or are thinking about. And mainly it's a feeling that they had once as of safety and comfort and they're seeking that. It's probably something in early childhood. It's not something in everyday life now that they're looking for. It's, it's, it's a kind of nebulous thing, perhaps, just a feeling. But uh, once we really pay attention, mm-hmm. um, we can pick up on a lot of that. And then we have to use things like a little distraction, something like that, to get them off that theme right at that moment, mm-hmm. turn them around in their in their mind and also in their body and make sure we get them um, to a safe and warm place Mm -hmm. because it can be devastating for families. Right. You said safe and warm. So could those be some of the triggers, Uh, like the opposite of of them to be the triggers? Yes. Um, I've often thought that when I have seen people moving about any, any degree of agitation or maybe as if they're looking for an exit or to get somewhere or go somewhere. I often think it's there's something physically uncomfortable about where they are. Either they have pain or they need to go to the bathroom or it's too hot in the room or too cold in the room or there's a draft or there's conversation is at too high a level for their hearing to be comfortable always something Hmm. so and i often think they're just doing a very basic natural thing which is i'm getting out of here you know moving their self away from those trigger points voting by their feet (laughs) (laughs) that's that's um that's my very simplistic idea but it makes sense i think what starts all this right and then if they're depending on how that's handled it determines whether they'll settle down quietly and happily again and comfortably or whether there will be resistance. Mm. And that, it all depends so much on the approach that's used and the understanding that's shown to them. And 
But those are all the things that caregivers have to learn and have learned. They just have to apply it Mm -hmm. every day. And for those working in facilities where there are a number of people who can be easily agitated, you know, it's a a hard job and a complex one, but it can be done. Mm -hmm. Just using oneself as a therapeutic tool. I love that, yeah. Use your own own strengths to help this other person out. And that seems to be what I've used in all my care homes and all my hundred years of working with people. Mm -hmm. It works. Yeah, as an understanding and caring person, essentially, from a caregiver standpoint. So you talked about potentially could be the just the physical factors, things that temperature, noise, what about food? Last time we talked about nutrition. Yes. yes, I often think also that person is probably maybe a little bit hungry. They might be having a drop in blood sugar and they're just feeling restless because that does make us feel that way. So that's another, certainly another thing to think about to, to provide at that time. A cup of tea and a biscuit of some sort or something to chew on or a piece of fruit or something. It often helps they may well be feeling a little bit hungry. Mm. Time of the day, would that give you any clue? Well, sometimes it does, and it just depends. I know in our other talk we talked about sundowning, which is kind of Mm. repetitive behavior that seems to happen near the end of the day, which is why it's called that. And I've always connected that perhaps with a drop in blood sugar or people are in the late afternoon so we, we're not sure with wandering. Um, it can just, something happens in someone's mind, something they focus on all of a sudden and, they, and that feeling overtakes them and they have to look for a solution to mm-hmm. it. But it does, sometimes it takes on the same characteristics of sundowning that it may be repetitive mm-hmm. at, a, at a similar time. Right. Let's recap. Prevention is critical. And there is a definitely a, a role to play by technologies, sensing technologies right. and communication technologies. Mm-hmm. However, it's also important to make the person living with dementia feel that connected and understood yes. so that they will not resist the application That's of right. those technologies. That's right. right? And then to connect with that person takes a great detective. <laughs> the personal strength, is that what you said? That the word that you used was the personal? The actual personal approach of, be, of a voice, tone of voice, um, the feelings around it, all of those things are very important to stay very calm and very gentle, mm-hmm. and very caring. Usually the client will respond uh, to that. Is there anything else? Now we talked about what the caregivers can do in terms of detecting the triggers for wander. And we also talked about technologies. Is there anything else that perhaps uh, the general public can can learn from it and then help? You know, there's quite a change in, in society these days. And I think so many people are being much more aware of what, older, dementing people are running into as problems in their life. And I often hear stories where a neighbor has noticed that mom, somebody's mom or dad is out and 
wandering, you know, mm -hmm. and they intervene. No, sometimes people aren't sure whether they should intervene, but you know, there's it's so helpful when they do, and, and uh, because uh, sometimes somebody has left home and the family isn't quite aware because they were doing something else at the moment or something, you know, so um, it's so helpful to know that these days, so far, people have been very kind and good about walking with a person or picking them up and driving them somewhere, or you know, and, and sometimes it's a puzzle. They're not sure what's going on, but just the fact that they're with that, I'll call them a lost person mm -hmm. for a little while, is extremely helpful. So like everything else, it's a matter of community education and caring and sharing. Um, and I think with this year of COVID, I can say that's one of the lessons that I think we've all learned mm -hmm. is um, to try to reach out a little bit more uh, in apartment buildings and condos and things where we might be living in isolated units with a, with a dementing person. <laughs> it's pretty nice if other people mm. in the building have one eye out once in a while for that as well, mm. that, that kind of thing. I do think it's happening more, and I'm quite uh, pleased with what I'm hearing about that. Thank you for that, and I think this is really important because caregivers may not be able to be around all the time, right. right? So these principles to use a calming and caring tone and walk uh, and match step by step with the person, even if you're not a, a caregiver but a, a caring bystander and you notice that, and if you happen to have heard this episode, you know what to do. <laughs> Stay calm and observe, relax the person, Thank you so much. So this is not just for caregivers, but for everyone, essentially, in the community. And to use the community police office and so on, because a lot of people who might be wandering away have no idea. Um, they can't tell you where they want, I mean, they can't tell you in your terms where they want to go. They can tell you something from 60 or 70 or 80 years ago, but it doesn't help. So, but you can certainly walk to the police station if necessary with them you know there are things that anybody can do mm. and that's I guess my message about that we don't have to stand back and see what happens we can actually intervene mm -hmm. people with people in distress without uh, um, impinging on their privacy too much mm -hmm. I think this is a great way to end today's episode on this positive note of building a community for, for people living with dementia. Well, thank you so much, Anne. Well, it's fun. It's <laughs>